What's up and welcome. This is the Fantasy Rugby Podcast. Again, my name is Jared Dyke. I am recording from just outside Boston, Massachusetts. We are reviewing round six of the Premiership. And we will be previewing round one of the Champions Cup. Yes, they make fantasy rugby for that too. I found it. We're going to do it. Maybe not as in-depth, but we're going to do it. We're going to make it happen. This is episode three. For those that are still sticking with me, man, you must be crazy, but thank you for doing so. And for those that are just coming in for the first time, thanks for stopping by. Happy to have you along. Okay, so let's um, let's clean up last week's episode a little bit. I know it was a little long and discombobulated if you weathered the storm and you listened to the whole thing thank you very much and good for you you might have too much time on your hands but that's okay so i uh butchered uh the now backup scrum half for newcastle for the newcastle falcons name and it and i included included an l that was not there so uh santani takalua sorry buddy did not mean to kill your name. So that's the bit of... So a, a note on injuries. I will go through some of the more significant injuries as I do the games. Uh, there were plenty to go around, unfortunately. Injuries are always pretty tough to see. But we do need to go through them because they are a part of the game and they will affect your team. But a note on injuries. When you have a player that's injured for a month or two there will be a price drop in them so if you want to sacrifice one spot on your team i probably wouldn't do more than one then maybe you go and look at the new price for that person maybe they've dropped they drop pretty good a good 20 to 30 pounds easily so when you see a significant player um, go down and you maybe want to Find the way to get them into your team for the foreseeable future once they're back. Go see if they've had a price drop since their injury. That would be uh, that'd be a thought for it. I'm not sure I want to hold an injured player in my lineup. I try and keep as many in there that are going to start or play at the very least. So that's okay. But first, let's do the Dream 15 from this past weekend. So players 1 through 15 that fit in a player lineup. Uh, I don't know if this is on budget as well, but I can. you can probably presume so because there's some funny names here. Uh, but that doesn't mean it's they're not worth it. Jan Thomas from Bristol with 34. Uh, Rob, Heber, Rob Weber at Hooker for from Sale with 40. Kyle Sinkler from Harlequins with 25. Brent Evans from Sale with 49, the second row. Gerbrandt Grubler, the other second row in this team. From Gloucester, 38. Marco Mama from Worcester. Big win for Worcester this past weekend. We'll talk about it. Marco Mama got 50. Flanker from Worcester. Tom Curry, the flanker from Sale. Uh, the England incumbent, not his twin brother. Uh, had 41. GJ Van Velze. Again, Worcester had a nice day. 40. Francois Hugard. Scrum half from Worcester, 46. Danny Cipriani, the Gloucester 10. He had 42. Jo- Jonah Holmes. Jonah Holmes had a, gr- had a great game standing in uh, at Leicester at Twickenham for the Rob Horn game. He had 43 on the wing. 
back three, we'll call it. I I don't think he played wing. I'm pretty sure he played fullback, but back three. Ryan Mills from Worcester, the center, 42. Francois Venter, the other center from Worcester, 37. Josh Adams, the other wing, also from Worcester, had 43 in this team. And the fullback, Freddie Burns, who actually played fullback for back. Let's go through the top point scorers currently. In fantasy for uh, the Fantasy Rugby Magazine website. Also, just I want to note, if anybody wants to play against me, challenge me, and you're out there, please send me an email uh, in the, the the emails in the show notes. I'll say I'll give it at the end of the at the episode, end of the episode as well. So, if you want to play against me in there and want to get into a private group with myself and another person. Uh, we can make it a party, so just feel free to shoot me a message. Okay, so your top point scorers right now, George Ford still up up top, 273. Maro Atoje, 227, still the the leading forward, but he's getting he's getting company very quickly here. Brent Evans, 197, couple of huge games for Brent Evans over the last couple of weeks for sale, second row. Mark Wilson, the back rower for Newcastle with 193. As I said, Morrow's got some company up there. Dan Robson, the scrum half for Wasp, 192. Unfortunately, he's probably going to stay at 192 for a little while, at least for a couple weeks. Um, we'll see if he's healthy by the time the premiership kicks back up. Charlie Sharples with 191. Danny Kerr with 190. Will Cliff. 184. Unfortunately for Willcliffe, Fife to Clark has come back. So that again, that's another one that may not be shooting up too fast anytime soon. Danny Cipriani, uh, Danny Cipriani with 182, and Francois Hugard with 182 as well round out the top top ten. And just outside that, uh, about oh, I'd say three or four players within eight points so it's there are some the good ones are really starting to separate themselves uh, the not so good ones are starting to get found out very quickly uh to do okay to the games bath and exeter this was a pretty good one bath definitely rocked up a lot better in this game than they did last week against saracens they came to play and they certainly gave Exeter a heck of a time. Uh, Exeter still came away with a semi-lopsided win, 39-24, but it it was a good atmosphere. I watched the game, and you could, you could feel the energy. It was, uh, it was a great, pretty good game to watch. Cer- certainly watchable through the first half, at the very least. Okay, so we let's go through the scoring, and then we'll get into fantasy and all the implications there. Reese Priestland got the scoring going about midway through the half, uh, or the try scoring going with a try on 22 minutes. Stu Townsend, the returning to Stu Townsend, got the reply for Exeter about 28. Don Armand got one again with 35 to get with 35 gone in the half. That was all the try scoring in the first half. Second half, Matt Kovacic got it going with about 20 minutes gone on the 61st minute. Ian Witten got one at 65. Jack Knoll. Good looking try for Jack Knoll. Just mostly effort. Really, just you, he was everywhere. He was everywhere on that try. He was on the wing. He came inside. He went back out. He uh, he deserved that try. He put all the effort into it. 
And then Chris Cook got one late for Bath. And Ian Witten got yellow card. Samisa Rockanduni got a yellow card. That was pretty much the notable action in terms of those, of those events. For the fantasy implications, we'll look at the home home squad first. Toby Falatau had 13. He left with a wrist injury. Uh, that's what they're calling it, or a wrist or a hand injury. Nothing else has come out that I've seen. That doesn't mean there hasn't been something since by the time you listen to this. Just keep an eye on that if you have Toby Falatau. Personally, Toby Falatau is one of the more expensive players in the game. I believe his price point is somewhere near, ooh, that's not good, 441. And we talked about, I talked about the 3PG and how much, how many pounds is it costing you per game for that player. It's not per, it's not pretty for Toby Falatau. It's about 20 pounds per game that that's costing you. So I, uh, I wouldn't want Toby Falatau on my team personally, at least in terms of this. I'm not saying he's a bad player. He's a very good player. Saracen's almost got him, and I'm not sure what the heck they would have done with him because they have Billy, but I was uh, I was at least a little excited to hear his name getting thrown around. And to give you an idea, 16.5 is the average 3PG for players that have played more than two games. That's the standard I kind of set because two games, two or one game doesn't really tell you a lot, but at least somebody that's played for about half the season would, would be uh, notable. So, yep, Valatel out. I would, uh, I'd suspect if he's healthy, he'll go in Europe. But I don't know what, what, what his health uh, status will be for this weekend. So, keep an eye on that if you're going to go for him in Europe. Samisa Rocker Dinguni also thirteen had a yellow card. Did not help his cause. Just um, not not a great game overall. Yellow cards are what like minus eight or something like that in the game. Not not something you want to be able to you want to have to pick up. You know, yellow cards are minus three. Yellow cards so yellow cards are minus three, which is not great. So even with the minus three, you're ta- you're not, you're also not talking about just the minus three. You're talking about the opportunity to get carries and to make tackles and to make plays that all matter in this format. So that's. That's uh, something he, that needs to be noted when you get a yellow card. It's not just the minus three that that hurts you. It's the opportunity lost for points. So would he have had more than 16? I'd be willing to wager it. He's a damn good player. I'd say he would do way more damage than 16 given the full 80. Uh, J- Jamie Roberts did not play. Still dealing with the nurse cheekbone. Come on, man. Just put a plate in it and play. Kidding. Uh, that's For those that don't know, that's a reference to Brad Barrett playing with a plate in his cheek last year when he uh, heard it for Saracens. Francois Lowe was away on duty with uh, Springboks. I'm sure Bath will be excited to get the, any of their South African and Australian contingent back this this coming week with Europe impending. Freddie Burns had 34, played a great game. I don't know if Freddie Burns has ever started a game at fullback. Maybe he's subbed in as a fullback, but I don't think he's ever won the 15 shirt, uh, at least not at a professional level. So, Good for Freddie Burns for stepping in and doing what his team needed to do. The team was kind enough to give him, give him the kicking tee, and he certainly made what he could of it. I think he missed one or two, but, man, he had a lot of kicks that went over as well. So good for Freddie Burns. Uh, Dave Atwood with 23, a, uh, a fairly expensive player for a player that's not. Man, 
he's not doing a ton in, in my eyes, but maybe that's just me. Um, he's not super expensive, but still. Three, P, three PGs down, 11.2, So, but he's only played four games. So, And I know I said that three is the minimum, and so I'm not disqualifying him from it, but just something to keep in mind. Uh, 23, he's, he had 23. Zach Mercer with 32. Zach Mercer is probably going to see duty with England once this is done. So um, expect him to not be available in your squad coming up here. Tom Dunn with 19 and um, Henry Thomas with 19 as well. Usually a, a hooker score is indi- indicative of whether or not they go over, got over the line or whether or not their lineout was going well. Exeter has a pretty good lineout and lineout defense, so that's probably indicative of how that went. Reese Priestland had 26. Good day for him coming from the fly half. Not bad. It's uh, again, he's another player that's a little bit up there in price, but he's probably he's probably not bad if you need a 10 that plays 10 more often than not. Um, he's in the mid two. He's 265. Uh, his three PGs, 12.2. So could do worse. Uh, Cooper Vuna filled in at center for Bath and with all their injuries and got 21. Then he ended up leaving with an, with an ankle injury. He toughed it out for a good, I don't know, 20 minutes, probably even longer than that, probably closer to 30, and came off with about 15 minutes left, gone in halftime. So... Not much to uh, really poo-poo on Vuna, but he did leave with an ankle injury, so that leaves Bath a little desperate to get some bodies back in. Jack Willison, his center partner, also at 21. Another notable Bath player, Joe Cockner, singing with 14. Not fantastic. Didn't quite get to that threshold of 20 we, we really hope for in a player every week. 20 is what I consider a good mark. And would probably get you a decent haul on points. You know, 20 to 5 times 15 is what? 300? Okay. So that's, and that's about what you're looking for for an average score each week. Uh, I, th- I don't think I've scored less than 300 in, in the weeks I've played this so far. Nothing to note for Bath off the bench. So let's go on to Exeter. Exeter had, Exeter played a, pretty good game they did what they usually do they looked a little prettier than they did last week against Worcester I don't know if they ever got out of second gear last week but this one they had to because Bath definitely brought it so let's have a look at the scores Jack Knoll as I said he had a nice try where he started inside and he went outside after uh, and called for the cross kick or after the cross kick was was hit and scooped it up and put it over, put it on the line. So that was a heck of a heck of a try for Jack Knoll. So he had 31. Henry Slade with 24. Obviously trying to put his hand up for that England team this November. Santiago Cordero, 14. Not a great day for him. He had a good day last week, so it's hard to really put him down too hard. And Don Armand, 33. Don Armand did get over the line as well, so that certainly helps. Luke Cowan-Dickey got eight in his return. Uh, disappointing for me. I played Luke Cowan-Dickey, and it's you know it's rare that you see the other the team's lineout do so well, but the hooker did not score as much. 
I'm guessing there was just a number of times where he was infringing or missed tackles. You know, there's various ways to to lose it. If you're penalized a bunch, you get you get minus points. It's it's all it all adds up. So he got eight, and it's probably what he deserved. Sam Simmons did not play. He will be out six to nine months with an ACL. Sorry, Sam Simmons. It's really really heartbreaking for the guy. He plays so well when he wears an Exeter shirt and played pretty well for England when he uh, got the chance last year. So it's really really disappointing to see him have to sit out for the next six to nine months. Unfortunately, I think he is going to try and rush back because he wants to obviously be a part of the upcoming World Cup squad. So I hope he does the smart thing. He's young. He will have World Cups in him. And if he continues to do what he does at Exeter, he will get a chance. Also, it's probably worth noting for him, there's two eight men in front of him in terms of the pecking order, that being... Um, Billy Vonapola and Nathan Hughes. Not saying he's not worth it. Uh, Zach Mercer has thrown himself into the mix as well. So to say that they are not unseatable is wrong. But he's gonna ha- he would have a lot of work in front of him to unseat these guys. He's young. He'll he'll get his chance. Uh, other notable sco- scores for Exeter: Dave Dennis had thirty two. Sam Skinner had thirty three. Matt Kvesic had 27. Again, forwards, all involved in the lineout. You'd think Luke Cowan Dickey's score would be more indicative of it, but just not to be. Still, didn't stop these guys from having a good day. Stu Townsend had 32. He got over the line in his return. Uh, Jack Munder did get onto the bench, though, so good for the kid for not going away yet. Gareth Steenson had 21. He was kicking from the tee, so that's probably where a good good majority of his his came from. Ian Witten did get 16 despite the yellow card that he got at the end. He did score a try and didn't really miss out, out on opportunities to score points because he got the yellow card right near the end. That's more or less why he got 16. He only got the yellow card with five minutes to go, so he didn't miss a ton out, miss out on a ton. To Twickenham we go. This was the big fixture on Saturday. Uh, one of two big fixtures, but really it was the, the keynote fixture. The second match of the day that was broadcast over here in the States really was secondary to me for this one. This is a good cause for Rob Horn, and uh, it was a great match. So I uh, I hope everybody watched, and I hope everybody enjoyed. If, um, if you could hold back the tears when Horn brought the ball out to the center circle, then I question whether or not you are dead on the inside something because, man, I, I couldn't hold him back. It was an, I, I had a couple tears coming down. It was a very emotional moment to watch. Uh, so uh, I'm glad they did this for him. I hope he recovers quickly. Well, not quickly, but I hope he recovers in due time. All right, let's get let's get to the game. Uh, we'll talk about the try scoring, and then we'll talk about the the fantasy aspect um, and the result. Obviously, uh, let's talk about the result first. Uh, Leicester twenty three, Northampton fifteen. No bonus point try for Hampton. Northampton no losing bonus point for uh, Northampton. So let's get to the try scoring. Uh, there were five tries scored here. 
split actually split three tries to Northampton and two to Leicester, despite the fact that Leicester came out on top. So the kicking tee made a difference in this one. Uh, Jamie Gibson got it going about 14 on the 14th minute for Northampton. Ben Youngs responded about 16 minutes later in the 30th minute for Leicester. Jordan Oluwafela got one two minutes later for Leicester. David Ribbons got one right at the half for Northampton. And Mikey Haywood gets his second in two games for Northampton. But again, not enough in the tank for Northampton there. They don't they can't even salvage a losing bonus point, like I said. So uh tough luck for the, for them. They they really wanted to make this a special day for Rob Horn. But they don't give sympathy points out in rugby, unfortunately. So let's get to the fantasy side of the thing. Uh, first for the host, the technical host, even though this was at Twickenham, Northampton. Uh, James Haskell did not play again. Once again, he's still working his way back from that ankle injury, having an eye towards the, also probably having an eye towards both Europe and the autumn tours, November, the uh, November tests. Dan Brigar had 19, a slightly dis- disappointing day for him. Uh, kicking made a difference in this game, and he didn't really have it. Courtney Laws didn't play. He pulled out very late with a back spasm, so late that I think the person they brought onto the bench, who was Tom Wood, good to see him back, um, didn't even have a number on his back. So that's how late that decision was made. So if you had Laws in your lineup, tough luck. That's why you have the subs there. Dylan Hartley had 23. As I, as I said, indicative of how his lineup lineup went, it went pretty well. Uh, he's a decent ball carrier as well. Heinrich Brousseau is still dealing with a noggin and I think also a calf now as well, if I read that right. So I think he was about ready to return to training or he returned to training and then he had a calf pop up. So he'll be, he'll be probably at least another week or two, unfortunately, for them. Other notables for Northampton, David Ribbons, the big man, David Ribbons. He is certainly stepping up and playing a huge role, especially while Courtney Laws kind of figures out what's going on with um, injuries. This was a back spasm. I think Laws missed one more game earlier in, in the uh, in the season. David Ribbons has done a great job in stepping in there. Uh, as far as what's his price, uh, David Ribbons is actually fairly cheap. He's 187. He's got one, two, three. Three games over 30 points, uh, and his his 3PG is at 7.5. That's pretty darn low. Um, like I said, you're probably looking at average uh, of uh, 16-ish in the 3PG category. So he is giving you everything for your, for your money, averaging 25 points a game. So uh, if you're in need of a cheap lock that's playing a lot, David Ribbons is probably your guy. Uh, unfortunately, you're going to have to wait about – six weeks until you can use him again um we'll talk about that in a little bit uh jamie gibson 29 great great day for him as well uh harry mallander 18 in the back played fullback for his team again the kid is just doing his business and not and he's he's trying to put last year behind him so good for him for chugging on uh ten kelly and i are with 14 a pretty disappointing day for the big guy didn't see a lot of the ball from what I remember. I think the few times he did see it, he tried to do damage, but only can do so much when you see so little of the ball. Off the bench, Mikey Haywood got 21 after his second try in two games. 
Not sure he's worth the value of putting into your fantasy team, but considering that the November internationals are coming up and Dylan Hartley is likely to be with England, maybe consider that as a replacement hooker. For Leicester, George Ford had 32. He had another great day off the tee. He continues to be the top point scorer in fantasy, and his 3PG is actually 8.9, so he's worth the money that, he's, that he costs. You just have to find the budget itself, which is pretty hefty. It's in the high twos. Give me a second here. He, uh, high twos. I said the high twos. George Ford is 405. So he, if you can find that in your budget, he is wor- he's carrying his weight for sure. He averages 45 points a game right now. Uh, Grant, that's with a 70, a 50, and a 50 in there. But still, he's got the only time he scored less than 30 was week one. Uh, Dan Cole was 17. Disappointing day for Dan Cole. Too much money for the very little production that Dan Cole has provided in this format so i would steer clear of dan if you can ben young's with 33 uh continues to do as ben young's does Uh, i just i like watching ben young's because you see so many passers of the ball that take too long to get rid of it and case in point a couple of the saracen scrum halves we'll talk about that in a minute um and you know it's in ben young's gets it and it's gone it's out of his hand in a flash. So uh, it's just impressive to watch him. Uh, he is 383. His 3PG is right on the average of 16, 16 and a half. He's 16.7. Yeah, if you can afford it, it's not a bad idea. Johnny May with eight left with an injured shoulder. They put his, they pinned up his jersey right away. He uh, he looks like he's in, in, uh, in for a long spell off, more than likely, more than likely missing the test duties coming up. Manitoulangi returned with a six, little uh, on that one. Tom Young's twenty-two turns out a decent performance. Uh, Talisa Bayano did not play. Uh, I think he picked up a knock in training. Other notables for Leicester: Harry Wells with thirty. Uh, uh, Guy Thompson with. 27 and uh, Greg Bateman with 22. So if you need a prop and it needs to be a Leicester Tiger because you're a Leicester Tiger fan or you're just trying to get away from other teams, Guy Thompson's probably worth worth your time. Or Guy Thompson. Uh, Greg Bateman's probably worth your time more than uh, Dan Cole. And he you will not pay nearly as much as you will for Coley. Uh, good to see Harry Wells doing, doing good in there. Uh, for the backs for Leicester, Jonah Holmes did a great job uh, filling in for Talisa Vellano. Uh, just it was a wet day, and he cleaned up all the trouble, pretty much all the trouble that came at him in the Leicester when he he was in his own twenty-two. So good for him. Forty-three, great day for him. If he turns that out over and over again, I'd consider popping him into my team when the internationals come along. You never know. Kyle Eastman also at twenty-nine. It was a fun fun matchup to watch between Eastman and um, Tuolangi going against Burrell and Kellaway. Burrell didn't score a thing. Kellaway got eight. Eastman got 29. Tuolangi got six. Did I say six? Yeah, Tuolangi got six. I don't know. I might have said eight before. He got six. So, you know, advantage, granted, only one of them performed well, but which team won? And did you at least have one player, one of them, score well? Yeah. So, advantage to Leicester Centers for sure. Uh, Jordan Olafello off the bench with 26. 
came in for Johnny May very early, had loads of opportunity, did well with the one opportunity he got after a nice counter and uh, got over the line in the corner. So good on him. this kid. He looks good. He's young, and he is ready. He is chomping at the bit to get into the Leicester team more and more. I'm sure he will make plenty of his opportunity when he gets it with the absence of Johnny May while he is out. Okay, to the Danny Cipriani revenge game at the Rico Wasps and Gloucester. Uh, really, really good game. Gloucester take home the all five points, 35-21. Really just put it right to him. Uh, lots of energy being thrown around for Gloucester. Not that Wasps didn't, but I'd say Gloucester definitely just were the more motivated group, and um, they looked really good. It was a... It was a try fest, that's for sure. This is a this is one of the games that scored a lot of tries and had a lot of good good scores come out of it. Dan Robson with a try, uh, two minutes in, real just really good hustle effort. More on him in a minute though. Ben Bellicott, another one for this one for Gloucester. Effort, effort, effort. Charlie Sharples, the dude is the little engine that could and he could be the leader in scoring for Premiership Rugby. I believe he is actually. Shortly after halftime, Elliot Daly got one over. He uh, he had gone down, looked like he had might have hurt himself pretty good. I actually thought Elliot Daly was Dan Robson, and he was the one that was really in trouble. And it turns out Dan Robson really was. We'll talk about Dan Robson, I promise, in just a second. Um, so he so Elliot Daly got over forty six minute. Juwan DeYoung get, gets over after a good effort. Uh, never gave up on the play. Uh, he almost got taken out. Uh, instead, I think Le Bourgeois got taken out and got just enough on it to put it down after a long kick chase, and it counts. Uh, Charlie Sharples, again, the little engine that could, gets another one, speeds home after breaking the line and finding the gap. Lewis Ludlow gets the final try of the match at 73 minutes, and Wasp never really had a shot after that. Um, so let's go to... The aspect of the fantasy, and we'll look at the home homeboys wasp. Uh, Billy LaRue, South African Springbok duty, so he did not play. Uh, a lot was made about maybe the wasp did not think that he was going to be away as long as he was, and he actually turned out to be away for a while, and that's okay in my book. Um, as much as I dislike Die Young sometimes, I think he made the right call and said, listen, we had a conversation with him and, you know, I wasn't happy with it, but at the same time, I know he's trying to resurrect his Springbok career. So, you know, I didn't have a problem with it. Do I believe him in that aspect? Yeah, I do. He's actually, he's, Da Young's an honest guy. He's just, sometimes he's too honest and he needs to keep his lip buttoned, but that's a different story for a different day. Uh, Elliot Daly with 30, got over, the, got over the line, like I said, went down for a bit, looked like it was pretty scary, but it turned out to be okay. Christian Wade with 19, a guy that's not getting enough points for the price point he is costing you for sure. Um, let's see. Christian Wade is... Yeah, Chris, Christian Wade is costing you nearly, nearly 400 pounds. His 3PG is 31. That's double the, double the average of anybody that's played more than two games. Not, not a great value in your lineup. Get him out of there. Uh, Nathan Hughes, 32. Good day for the big boy. He is definitely putting his hand back up for the England shirts as they are about to be handed out this coming uh, near the end of this month. Joe Launchbury looked like he might be on the way back. 
he has a knee injury. They might need he might need surgery. It's a question. Um, if he makes it through training this week and can play in Europe, then it sounds like he'll be okay. But if not, then it sounds like they need to go in and clean it up a little bit, which is too bad for the big fella. Uh, Lima Sopawaga did not play. He picked up a neck injury in his last game and left the 10 shirt to Billy Searle. Brad Shields continues to miss time with the cheekbone. Come on, guys, with the cheeks. Just put plates in it. It only hurts for a second, maybe. Uh, Dan Robson with 28. Uh, poor guy. Looked like it was. It initially looked like it was really, really bad. I felt bad for the dude, but it looks like he'll avoid an Achilles injury. But it's still a pretty high ankle sprain at the very least. Uh, there might be a break in there as well. I'm not sure. Have not seen anything on it since I last saw that it was not an Achilles injury at the very least. So good for the guy. Uh, Ashley Johnson, 15. Again, another guy that just cost you too much money and doesn't do enough for you. Um, his 3PG is a little bit above average, but really in a for a position that has a plethora, and I mean a plethora of good options, Ashley Johnson is not an option you want. Stay clear from him. He's only scored above 20 points twice so far. Not a good, not a good job so far. His average points per week is 16.5. You need at least that 20 threshold, I'm telling you. Um, okay. Uh, other 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 notable wasp players, Nizam Kar with 18. Not a not a bad day, but you know when you look at some of the score high scores for the forwards for Gloucester, you can tell it was definitely their day. James Gaskell continues to produce. The dude does not complain. The dude does not light the world on fire, but the dude continues to produce in fantasy. Um, uh, James Gaskell's 3PG is 11. Uh, he's 228. He's low on that budget. You know, low twos is pretty low in my in my opinion. Um, he's probably somebody that's going to be a good fill-in when all these big England locks leave, like Atoje and Cruz and Launchbury. So keep an eye on him if you need an option when uh, the November internationals come up. Billy Searle with 21. Decent day for the kid off the tee, so that helped him. And um, Chris Hampson came in for Dan Robson and got 22. So good for Hampson, came in, no Joe Simpson, and just Hampson didn't miss a beat. Kept kept the Wasp in it for a while until they, until uh, Gloucester finally broke through for their last try, but the kid's not bad. So maybe a cheap option when uh, the internationals come up. I'll say that phrase like 10 more times if that helps cheap option when the internationals come up uh cipriani in his return had a heck of a game they gave him the t even though 12 trees was, was on the field and he scored 42 good for him jason woodward had to come off the bench 14 ben morgan man's a beast 25 matt banahan had a rough go of it nothing went right for banners six um Ripava ruskin had a rib injury and a calf injury prop pop up as well um yeah, they uh, yeah, Galarza they they released him and or he got sold or whatever it was transferred. So, um, Glub- Grubler is the guy to go. So, um, there's that. Uh, Lewis Ludlow with 35, and Ed Slater with 33. So you can see why maybe the Wasp contingent of forwards is not as good as you would hope because the 
Gloucester Pack had a day. I believe. I believe Grubbler got over the line last week and couldn't quite do it this time, but he was darn close. Uh, Ludlow did get over the line, so that was the big impact for his his bottom line. Uh, ben Bellicott with 38 got got himself over the line and was distributing quite well. Charlie Sharples continues to be the man for Gloucester. He's got, I think he's got eight or nine tries right now. He is a madman. Yes, Charlie Sharples has eight tries, so uh, good for him. Dude's a, dude's a man. He is just playing out of his skin right now. He really is. Uh, how much is Charlie Sharples for those that want to know? 269. Not a ton. His 3PG is 8.5. He's averaging 31 points a game. He's obviously in the tries, so go get go get him if you have him in your budget or you have somebody in your budget like a Marlon Yard or Johnny May who just lost. Uh, so... Sale versus Newcastle, uh, not so pretty game, but somehow uh, this is why fantasy is so weird. You know, it wasn't a pretty game, but there were a ton of big producers in this game. So I was very shocked looking through the scores at how many guys got big big numbers. But you know, it might it may have just been the case of lots of carries, lots of good good work done by both teams, but just not not a lot of end product. Um. So Sale won the match twenty to seven. The uh, the Falcons got bit pretty hard by the yellow card bug. We'll talk about the yellow cards in a minute. Um, we'll go through the try scoring that was uh, one, two, three, four. There were four uh, four tries were scored. Split three to one. Will Welch got the first one for Newcastle, and that's pretty much all they'd see. James Phillips got one. In the second half, Will Welch got the only only real score of the first half, I believe. Uh, yep, James Phillips got, got one over the line for uh, Sale. Burn Evans continues to have a big year. Gets one in there at 65. And Johan Janssen Ren Redsberg, I told you, watch this guy's net. Watch this guy. He is a bowling ball. And somebody said that they call him Van Bowling Ball or something like that at, uh, at training for the Sharks. So I thought that was pretty funny. But yeah, watch this guy. He, I, I don't think he's in favor with Razi Erasmus, so he's a little unfit, quote unquote. But at the same time, so is Matthew Bastereau, despite the fact that he's a goon in terms of his actions on the field. He's still a pretty good player, and he's a large human being. I'm not tackling that. Okay, so let's get to the fancy implications and what happened and all that good stuff um, for the the Sharks. James O'Connor with 14. Marlon Yard, he uh, he did not get over the line. And not only did he not get over the line, he came off with a pretty nasty-looking injury. If you didn't see it, it wasn't pretty. He had stepped to make an adjustment on a tackle, I believe, and his feet got a little too spread out. His legs, legs got a little too extended, and somebody fell on him, I'm pretty sure. So you can do the math from there. He'll be out for a while. Um, also for for sale, Bryn Evans again, forty nine. Guys being a beast, he's one of the highest point scorers in the competition right now, and he's also pretty cheap. Let me double check. Two thirty four, not bad. Yeah, three PG of seven point one. Another guy. If you have the space, go get him. He's a Kiwi, so he's not playing for New Zealand. I think he's been capped by New Zealand. So yep, go go get him. 
Uh, Tom Curry with 41. Rob Rob Weber with 40. Uh, James Phillips with 35. John Ross 34. Uh, big numbers for the big big forward unit in Sale. Uh, I'm sure that will please Steve Diamond and the Sale contingent for the time being, at least. John Ross again continues continues to find space in the back row. Josh Beaumont, uh, not Josh Beaumont, Josh Strauss started at eight for sale in this, and still Ross was in the back row, being productive. Good player to have in your team. He's very consistent. I might consider going to grab him while he's still semi-cheap. Um, Janssen van Rensburg with 31. Like I said, keep an eye on him. You might need centers when, when these fall tests come up. Will Cliff with 30. Unfortunately for Will Cliff, bad news. Fife de Klerk is back from South Africa duty. He will probably be the 9, or at least he's going to have to share duty with Will Cliff. But good for Will Cliff for performing the way he has. Uh, Sam James with 28, and A.J. McGinty, our boy from the USA, with 24. Yes, I know he's not actually from the USA, but he's an Eagle, so we support him. Yeah, and A.J.'s mostly came off the tee, but that doesn't mean he didn't have a good good game, obviously. Um, a note, just an odd note on the uh, Marlon Yard injury. It was so late in the game that Sale only had one sub left. They had to bring on a prop, and I'm pretty sure they bumped one of their props to like second row or flanker and then they bumped one of their and then they bumped one of their flankers out to the out to the back line to try and just not let Newcastle carve them up too much. So yep, a lot of high scores for sale in this match. Again, this is evidence that you don't need to have a gigantic day in order for your team. Your team does not need to have a gigantic day or your player's team doesn't need to have a big one in order for them to produce. Newcastle. Newcastle had uh, rough go of this one. Just never seemed to get anything going. Had a couple of injuries. Uh, Veroniki Ganova left the game with zero. He had hate. He had a HIA. Did not pass it. Did not come back. Mark Wilson with fourteen. Toby Flood with three. Toby Flood left with, I think he had a shoulder injury. Looked like somebody came down on a really, in, on a, his shoulder in a really awkward way, or his shoulder was positioned in an awkward way. And then I think he picked up something else in his leg, so he called it a day. And I, I think the, I think uh, Dean Richards might have saved him from his, from himself. Other notables for Newcastle: Byron McGuigan, twenty six. Talk about affordable um, twos. Very good, good, and this is indicative of what they had going for themselves. Uh, Kova Body with twenty nine and Callum Green with twenty four. Two his two second rows, his two primary jumpers in his lineout. So very indicative of what happens when you have good ones. Sonati Sonati with nineteen didn't do himself justice today. Um, yeah, it was just a rough day for Newcastle. It was a it was a not so pretty game. Uh, neither team could finish, even though they got themselves into the in the line. Uh, Johnny Williams with 22 continues to just kind of protect Toby Flood and um, I would presume Joel Hodgson now. Uh, Mickey Young returns with 37. Uh, sorry, Mickey, I'm still calling you Mickey. I You came into this league as Mickey until I think that you're deserving of Michael. I know you're probably older than me. I don't care. I'm still calling you Mickey. Mickey Young with 37. He did leave the field with a card. And that was, 
I think it was a uh, persistent infringement card or just one that, oh, you know what it was? It was going to be, a referee should have given the penalty try on this one. I, I remember this one quite clearly. Um, he high tackled, I don't remember the exact person that was on sale, but he high tackled the sale player and stopped a surefire sc- try and the they said, oh, well, there was cover coming across. And honestly, if Mickey Young doesn't high tackle that guy, he gets over. I just remember watching it being like, uh-uh, that's that's a yellow card and a penalty try. Uh, I, I'm pretty sure eventually Sale got over the line, but not the point. They shouldn't have had to put in the extra effort to get over the line. Should have already been awarded the try. Uh, Logan Mullipola also had a card. Continues to prove me right about why you should not have Logan Mullipola on your team or in your squad because... The guy costs too much money and continues to not do a darn thing in terms of fantasy-wise. You know, his 3PG is 28. He averages 8.8 games, 8.8 points a game. He's not worth He's not worth the 252. I know that's not a bad price, but still, not worth it. If you're only getting 8 points out of him per game, it's just not happening, especially if he's leaving the field for 10 minutes at a time. Plus, he's a prop. If you get sent off for 10 minutes, you know, that cuts you down to at least 50, 40 minutes unless your name's Maco Vernapola or Joe Marler. Um, off the bench for Newcastle, Tom Penny had 25 and a, and a good day for him. Uh, filled in very, very, very adm- admirably for Nicky Yonova. So Tom Penny is definitely a name to look out for, especially as we come into Europe. Last two games. Okay, this one had me going. Oof. Sari supporters were freaking out all over the country, all over the world, watching this one. Quinns gave him a game. This was a crazy, wild game. Um, uh, Saracens come away with a win 25-20. Uh, the try scoring was 2-1 uh, to one in favor of, of, the, uh, of the Quinns, but... Owen Farrell makes a huge difference when he's on your team. Tell you that much right now, and that that much is clear in this in a game like this. To the try scoring. So Danny Kerr got the team off, got the Quins off to the races in the 34th minute with an intercept try. It's another intercept try on the Saracens. They probably need to figure out how to not have that happen for the third week in a row when they play Glasgow this week. Just a thought. Uh, Joe Marchant with an amazing try. And this is a Saracens fan just that was so bitter at the moment. But my goodness, what effort and just sheer, you know, awareness. Marcus Smith takes his pen, doesn't get a lot of doesn't get a lot on it, and pu- pushes it to the right. And Joe Marchant has chased this penalty, grabbed it right out of the air, and fallen over the line. Very, very poor awareness in defending from the series, but give the guy credit. It That's a lot of effort, and just, you know, that could have been a completely fruitless effort if he kept going and it had either gone over the dead ball line or over the 22 or whatever it was, and still he kept going. So good for it was a great try for Joe Marchant. If you haven't seen it, go watch it. And then Billy Vinopolo got over the line in the 68th minute. Don't get in Billy's way. <laughs> That's all I know. Uh, Billy got the ball outside uh, 
from Lazowski. Lazowski drew the defenders in, and then once you get 10 meters of space to a big guy, especially the man that is Billy Vanapola, I bet him almost every time unless you have four or five bodies to stop him, and, they, and the, the Quins did not, so he got over the line. It was a great match. It was very intense. It was hard fought. There was a lot of chirping going on. Luke Pierce, again, not the... I had a conversation with a friend, and it was not, he's not a good ref. They were touting him so highly, and I have to say, for the three or four times I've seen him in most recently, and that includes the um, France and All Blacks test he did this uh, this past June, uh, doesn't he's not there. He's not there. He's not world class. He's not a he's not a great referee. So, and I know uh, it's easy to poo poo on referees. So I'm not trying to just you know crap all over a referee, but just trying to provide my perspective compared to what they were saying on the broadcast, which was that he's one of the best in the Premiership. I think you probably have at least three or four other ones besides him. Um, so let's go to the fancy aspect of this first. For the Quins, for the home team, Danny Kerr, 40. Again, good scrum half with a decent offense that's ticking and hitting his mark. It's going to happen. Plus, he had, obviously, the nice intercept try, which was not from a short distance out either. So good for him. Chris Robshop, best game so far, I believe, 38. Joe Marler with 19. Kyle Singler, Kyle Singler with 25. I have to say, he got 25, which is obviously a nice score. I don't think Kyle Sinclair had that good of a game. Yes, he won a couple of pens, and I really, really question how good the, the scrummage, the scrums were refereed because he he just he refused to bind hard. He just kind of loosely bind, and then he would lose it, and um, which would cause the Saracens prop to go down. But because and because the Saracens prop would go down early before before him. The penalty would go to them because you know he's fool, he's obviously fooling the referee. So I guess in a way that's one of those things when you're a front row, learn how to fool the referee and make him think that it was the other guy that caused the infringement, not you. Enough of that. Mike Brown with nine. They were putting pressure on him all day, so really tough day for him. The wind did not help at all for any kicking whatsoever. Uh, did do well to take some high balls though. James Horwell with twenty one. Starting to get it going for the big guy. Uh, other notables for Quinns, Max Crumpton with 37 and and uh, Joe Marchant with 32. Ooh, with that try, man. Great job. Uh, Nathan Earl with 19. Max Crumpton, uh, you know, with Rob Shaw and Horwell, two of the better lineup targets for uh, Quinns scoring well. It makes sense that um, Crumpton d- did well as well. Uh, for the series, for wow, what a heartbeat that what what a crazy one that was. Uh, Owen Farrell with thirty two, including his kicks off the tee. Maro Atoje with twenty one off the bench. That's how good he is. Gets tw- gets twenty one off the bench. Mako Vernapolo with twenty four. Some good carries from the big guy. Billy Vernapolo with thirty three. Got himself on the line. Alex Good comes crashing back down to earth after after his huge week last week. He has nineteen. Jamie George with 28 helps to have a nice nice line out and, you know, four or five good targets to throw to, certainly. Liam Williams, he had uh, he had his turn on the bench this time, sat. 
Uh, Alex Lozowski, he is a very underrated 13. Uh, not so underrated, obviously, because Eddie Jones continues to call him into the England camps. Um, he had the try assist on the Billy Vanapola try. So, and he he makes his tackles, especially for a guy his size. So, um, keep an eye out on him. Brad Barrett did not play face gash, and I think he probably had a slight concussion on top of it. So, um, we'll hopefully we'll see him this coming week at the start of Europe. George Cruz, fifteen, not great. I think Cruz are still trying to get it going. Will Skelton, eight. He uh, he had a head knock. He had a head knock as well. Uh, had to get taped up, and then eventually they just pulled him. And Wig, uh, Richard Wigglesworth comes off the bench with seven. But overall. You know, this is a lot of scoring in a game where it was, like I said last week, it was either going to be a real, real, real tough brawl and it was going to be close or the Quins were going to go down in flames because the game opened up. The weather certainly helped, but at the same time, it was pretty good stuff from the uh, from both teams. All right, last mat- last match of the weekend, Worcester and Bristol. Huge, huge, huge game for Worcester. Putting down, putting down Bristol with a giant scoreline of fifty-two to seven. Uh, you know, so many, so many good things for Worcester going on. Started hot for Bristol, and then it was all downhill from there. Uh, we'll go through it right now. This is a this was a huge ten pointer in this thing. Um, Bristol will probably need a hard reality check after getting uh, rinsed pretty hard right here. Jan Thomas got got it going. <laughs> the commentary made a good comment about him. Like all good props, he got he gets back to his feet. I don't know too many props that are willing to get back to their feet very quickly. But because Jan Thomas did on this particular play, he was able to catch a nice offload and run in for an easy try. Good for the big fella. Uh, but that's all the good news that there was for Bristol after that second minute, really. G.J. Van Velza gets one at 12. Ryan Mills gets another one at 25. Makamama dances his way over. Tight space. The dude looked like a winger, and he's a freaking flanker. Um, well done from Makamama. He gets one at 33. Uh, Francois Venter with an easy intercept. Sorry, John Afoa. You shouldn't be throwing the pass you were trying to throw. Francois Venter knew that. Picked it off, ran it the other way. Chris Pinnell, 42. Uh, Chris Pinnell also hit a very long penalty to start this game off. I think it was, it had to be 50 on fifty meters on the angle. When stuff like that's going well for a team, you know it could be a long day. Josh Adams with 46, with one at 46, pardon me. Uh, good for him. And then Bryce Heem, Bryce Heem had a great game all day long. He finally got a try at the end, and he deserved it. Uh, Bryce Heem's so invaluable to this Worcester team. Uh, just so I'm glad he got his due there and got got over the line. Uh, from the fantasy aspect, Francois Hugard, 46, using that dream 15 like we talked about. Chris Pennell, 26, big boot, and just played played out of his skin. He got himself over the line as well. Marco Mama with 50, big number for the big guy. Uh, he was in the dream team. There were a lot of guys in this dream 15. This is the type of day that Worcester had. And they really needed this to get kick themselves on, I think. G.J. Van Velza with 40. And Sam Lewis with 36. For uh, the backs, Josh Adams with 43. Ryan Mills with 42. Uh, Francois Venture with 37. And Bryce Heen with 35. 
it it was just it was a track meet. It was a track meet, and um, there's a reason that when Bristol's try to throw the ball around that they do poorly. They did that against Gloucester, I think it was. They didn't necessarily try and throw the ball around in this, but at the same time, they got into a track meet with another team that was better than them, clearly. Um, it's not Bristol's game, and it, and it won't be for a little while at the very least. Even last week, the game was fairly open, and yes, they scored a lot of points, but they lost can't just say oh yeah we scored a lot of points and lose that's not going to be good enough in the premiership i can tell you that much that's going to get you relegated uh for bristol john afoa with 15 another prop probably not worth the price steven lotua 19 solid player but again not worth his price uh jim joyce with 36 john thomas with 34 after running running one over it was he did have a good run prior to getting the ball as well he he got the run and then it got popped or uh, picked out, of, picked picked from him, and then passed out. And then he ran onto a pop himself, a pop off the ground, an offload off the ground himself, and got over the line. So he did a lot of work for that try. So good for him. Jack Lamb with twenty one, going to continue to be a slightly underrated asset only because he plays for Bristol. But might want to look at him coming up in November. Um, off the bench for. The or not off the bench, but in the back division for Bristol, Andy Uren, poor guy, last name's Uren, uh, 28, decent scrum half. They were trying to do things, but obviously nothing came off. Uh, Alapade Leua, 21, and Zane, Zane Kirshner gets 20 uh, in his last game before he heads back to Dragons, uh, unless Bristol has since extended that loan or Dragons have agreed to it or whatever. Um, but yeah, Zane Kirchner, the former Springbok, with 20. Nick Fenton Wells off the bench with 21. Uh, Harry Thacker came off injured, so that could be. Uh, I think it was mostly a, a, just a blood issue that they couldn't stop. I don't know if it was his face or if it was his nose. It looked like it continued to be a blood issue. I didn't see anything else come up with uh, Harry Thacker. So. That is your ruggers. Um, a note about Europe: If you want to play uh, European Champions Cup, uh, if you want to play the European Champions Cup fantasy, uh, just go onto the um, EPC EPC website. There is a, I think there's a game for both Challenge and Champions Cup. I'm only doing the Champions Cup. It's pretty straightforward. It's a uh, hundred million, I think, euros. Um, 100 million euros, 15 players. You get a double points week that you can choose to pick. You get a triple points week that you can choose to pick um, throughout the whole competition. You only get one throughout the whole competition from here until, uh, what is it, May. So just keep that in mind. Um, in terms of transfers, so you get to transfer teams in and out, your players in and out all the whole way right up until kickoff Friday night with Wasp and Leinster. After that, in the pool stages, you get three transfers per round. So, and kind of like with uh, the Rugby Mag uh, Premiership Fantasy, don't make those changes and use those transfers until you know the lineups uh, after this week. Uh, between the pool stages, you get to shift guys out, out and in freely because you know, obviously some of those players that you have in your team won't be playing anymore because they eliminate a bunch of them. Um, and then before semi, before the semifinals, 
you get five, and then before the final, you get five as well. So maybe um, save that wild card for somewhere in that neighborhood, or unless you're really desperate and get des- decimated by injuries. Um, thank you. Like I said, captain and a kicker. They have a daily version where you can uh, basically do kind of if those familiar with daily fantasy sports like DraftKings. Um, in this case, you're just picking seven players from the players playing that day. So match day one, you're looking at just players from Leinster and Wasp. And then obviously Saturday and Sunday, you're going to have a slightly larger array of players to pick from. Um, so yeah, I will leave my team name in the show notes and I will leave, um, and I invite anybody that wants to play me in the daily to shoot me an email. There's a code that they give you, I think, to challenge somebody. Please shoot me an email with that code. I'd be happy to do it. Um, so next couple episodes, I, I will continue to do this for Europe. Next week, the following week, we'll, we will recap the uh, second week of the Champions Cup. And then for, after that, we are probably going to have a break because it's Premiership Cup and I don't know if there's fantasy for that and if there is I don't care and um, so there'll be a, probably at least a week break in there I will probably have one episode I'll try and keep it short um, between now between the last round of Europe and the uh, round seven review for, of the premiership which will be second week of November I think so lots of time to sit on your premiership teams and start thinking about your European teams. And then once that's done, you can go back and rearrange your European teams and wait on the news of players coming back, so on and so forth. Um, email me at fantasyrugbypodcast at gmail.com. Follow me on Twitter at jdyke8man. Thank you very much for your listening. So, so, so much for listening to this. Um, I really appreciate everybody that is doing this and supporting me in this uh you know it's it it's fun but it is a little bit of work it is a little bit of time consuming so i uh i do appreciate that everybody is continuing to say they're enjoying this or that they're listening to it you know uh continue to uh support me if you can and if you get bored as hell let me know and uh i do appreciate all the all the feedback i'm getting um so just continue to listen and i promise i'll get somebody on here to bounce ideas off of and to have an actual conversation rather than me just talking into a mic um but until then thank you very much enjoy the first round of european competition have a good one everybody be well cheers